This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In particular about Google and Facebook. And this is of relevance to almost every corporation on this call because from my experience, when we look at it, about 85 to 90% of US corporations who are our clients use Google Analytics. That was Jonathan Armstrong. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the award-winning Life with GDPR. On this episode, we take a look at the current status of data transfers from the EU and the United Kingdom to the United States look at what rules are being offered and where it may go down the road. Every U.S. company needs to be aware of these as we move towards another set of standards for data transfer and ask, will it survive the next lawsuit from Max Schrems? We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with Life with GDPR. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Jonathan Armstrong back for another episode of Live with GDPR. Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tom. Jonathan, we're beginning to hear rumblings coming out of the EU about data transfer. There may be a new case coming out. Max Schrems may be washing his hands, getting ready for a big feast. Where are we right now at the early part of May around potential resolution of the always difficult issue of data transfers from the EU and the United Kingdom to the United States? Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Tom. And headline news is it ain't going to get any easier anytime soon, unfortunately. Those of you who've got really sharp ears will be able to hear that I'm in the middle of an electrical storm here in the UK. And as you say, there's a rumbling uh, of this case. And I think we're about to get some pretty spectacular lightning around this area as well. It's obviously been brewing for a long time. We know that Safe Harbor was effectively struck down after Max Schrems's intervention, and then Privacy Shield followed that in 2020. And there's this perennial attempt by the European Commission and the US administration to replace Privacy Shield, which, as I've said before, in my view, is doomed inevitably to failure, I think, certainly on the proposals as they currently stand. And that's going through a political journey at the moment. The European Parliament, as I predicted earlier, aren't happy. And I guess that some sort of deal will be done just as two desperate people in a nightclub at 2am often get together because they think they have to. And But equally, I don't think that Privacy Shield might be something that they... Regret in the morning, it'll survive for a bit, but it will eventually go, or the son of Privacy Shield, or whatever we're going to call it. But meantime, 
The European Data Protection Board, remember this is this, not a supervisory body as such, but a collective of national data protection officers that meets and tries to bring some sort of uniformity, has been looking at what are called the 101 complaints, 101 complaints that were received from Schrems and his organization, NOYB, in particular about Google and Facebook. And this is of relevance to almost every corporation on this call because, from my experience, when we look at it, about 85 to 90% of US corporations who are our clients use Google Analytics. So this case is likely to affect, I think, 90, 95% of corporate America, or these cases are. And you'll remember that there are effectively two campaigns against this type of technology. There's one relating to the data transfer and one relating to the use of cookies. We've talked about the cookies one previously, and a lot of those complaints are still going through national regulators and we're obviously involved in in, in some of that activity. But we're talking about the first one here, we're talking specifically about the allegation, effectively, that data is transferred from the EU to the US without any proper way of doing that or legitimizing that under GDPR. And as I say, particularly about the use of Google Analytics and Facebook business tools. From my experience, FBT, Facebook's business tools, are much less common on the websites that I look at than Google Analytics. But there are a number of issues with Google Analytics, not only data transfer, but retention periods, what happens to the data, etc., etc. So the task force report is looking specifically at the data transfer issues, not the cookie issues. It's a separate task force dealing with cookies. But it's had some interesting findings in its in its task force report, which I think are the prelude to more cases that we're likely to see, I think, in the next month or so from the rumors that I hear. So first of all, data transfer isn't the whole story. So data controllers need to be satisfied that they're processing data lawfully in addition to considering data transfer. So if you're using Google Analytics, that's going to be things like transparency. Are you being clear with people that Google Analytics is operating on the website? Are you telling them what's happening with the data? Are you telling them how long the data is going to be held for? Secondly, you can't use Privacy Shield to legitimize the data transfer from 16 July 2020. That's the date of the ECJ case. And some organizations, of course, said that they were still in Privacy Shield after 16th of July 2020. They didn't alter their. Uh, they didn't alter their privacy policies quickly enough. Regulators are pretty good at using tools like the Wayback Machine to look at what your privacy policy said on a specific date. So if you didn't change your privacy policy quickly enough on 16 July 2020, then there might be issues for you there. Thirdly, standard contractual clauses, these model terms that we've discussed before, can't be retrofitted. They're only effective from the date that they were signed. So let's say, for example, you were relying on safe harbor 
in July 2020, but you didn't get around to signing standard contractual clauses until October 2020, then you're in a pretty bad position because you couldn't rely on Privacy Shield and you can't retrofit the standard contractual clauses to July 16th. It is likely that some data protection authorities are going to be making orders that any data that falls in a gap like that will have to be destroyed. And this could be consequential. Might not, this might not just apply to Google Analytics. It could apply, for example, to HR data. Fourthly, encryption won't work as a means of safeguarding personal data if the data importer has a legal obligation to give up the keys. So this is particularly aimed at the US, but the UK, for example, in some cases has legislation making people give up the keys or be subject to a criminal proceeding. And there is one case, I think, going through the courts at the moment. Fifthly, anonymization won't work as a mitigating measure where the anonymization takes place after the data has been exported from the EU. So if you're trying to anonymize data, it has to take place within the EU. You can't transfer the data to the US or transfer the data to the cloud outside the EU and do the anonymization there. And two final things. Where website operators are data controllers, they have to take into account something called the accountability principle. And that basically says that the onus is on them to prove that they took the relevant steps. It isn't the onus isn't on the regulator to show that they didn't. So it's that old Latin maxim that we know and love, Tom, a incumbit pregatio, key decit, non key negat. The burden of proof is on you if you assert that you are in compliance. And then finally, if a website operator chooses to use third-party tools, that might be add this for social media plugins, it might be Google Analytics, then they might well have uh, potential liability as a result. You have to do due diligence on any tools you use. Even if, let's say, your web developer is using Google Analytics and you you don't really know about it and you're not checking that, then you're likely to be liable. So you have to go out there, find out what's operating on your website particularly, and do some checks to make sure that it's compliant. So I guess what happens next? Enforcement is down to national DPAs or lander DPAs in Germany. Some of them have already taken action. There are more decisions on the way. Expect a rather large one in the next four to six weeks, I'd say. And you'll have to look holistically if you're using things like Google Analytics at things like data retention as well. And as far as practical steps, do proper training on the risks. So that might be a data transfer clinic, getting more people involved in the business in looking at those issues, particularly website developers, marketing teams who are using tools like Google Analytics. Secondly, do due diligence on the tools that you're using. Work out the cookies, work out the tools, find out who's operating them and how they operate. Thirdly, you'll have to do data transfer assessments where appropriate. You might need to have proper agreements in place. Fourthly, you might need to look at additional technical and organizational measures. Tom, we always call them Toms, not only to big you up, but 
because that's the abbreviation that commonly is used. And that might involve looking at where encryption's taking place. It might looking at where, be looking at where anonymization's taking place. It might be putting in pr procedures in place to guard encryption keys. Fifthly, look at your transparency obligations. So you can't say, for example, all of the data in Google Analytics is anonymized if it isn't, and the anonymization bar is high. An IP address, for example, is very hard to anonymize. And then sixthly, be ready to react, react quickly to complaints from regulators, potential litigants, from pressure groups as well. Some of them are knocking on the door. They're giving people draft complaints. They're giving them 28 days to respond and telling them that if they don't respond, then the draft complaint will be sent over to the regulator. So regulators definitely have an appetite to investigate this. The EDPB paper, I think, will make it easier for them to bring cases because it'll set out clear principles and more enforcement is on the way. The Wayback Machine, was that Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine? Oh, you're not played with the Wayback Machine. It's a if anybody hasn't done it, if you Google Wayback Machine Internet Archive, it's a fantastic tool. You can get the, it historically collates websites. So let's say, for example, you want to see what the Caudry website looked like in 2015. You can look through its archive and see how the website has changed. So you can effectively recreate the past. And regulators have used that. There's a, there are cases in the UK, for example, where the, IC, where the ICO has used the Wayback Machine when the company said, yes, but our privacy policy made it clear that we could do X, Y, and Z. And the regulator said, not at the time, it didn't. And I've used the Wayback Machine. And here's the privacy policy that existed on that date. And it didn't mention in one case, the disclosure of data for electoral purposes. So regulators are using cute tools, and you've got to use them as well. For those who don't know and are not of a certain age, you don't know that the Wayback Machine was invented by the creators of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, really? Americans from the 60s and fought Boris Badenov and Natasha and Fearless Leader in a cold, running Cold War battle. Yes, the Wayback Machine's well known for Mr. Peabody and his boy Sherman. You mentioned a potential huge case coming, and what I wondered is, do you see a potential huge financial penalty or liability, and it, whatever that answer may be, will that influence the financial, potential financial penalties going forward? I think yes and yes. We now have, we've just passed the 2000 mark in terms of GDPR fines, where just under the 3 billion euros in fines levied. I expect that the uh, fine that I'm hearing rumors of will, will tip us over the 3 billion euros level. A number of corporations have disclosed in their US filings the fact that they're expecting fines. But the thing that I think will be particularly significant will be the rumors that I'm hearing that there might be other measures as well. We've seen cases from, I don't know, cases like Telecom Italia in Italy, 
where regulators have looked at fines and at other measures as well. So those measures could include a prohibition on transferring data from the EU to the mothership in the US. They could include an order that data is destroyed. The UK regulator has made such an order. I think it ordered from memory something like 20 million records to be destroyed in a destruction order against part of the UK government. And if there is a gap between, let's say, the standard contractual clauses being signed and Privacy Shield falling, then theoretically, let's say that's a six-month gap, the regulator could order that any data transferred in that six-month gap is destroyed. And that could be much more damaging than the fines to an organization. If, for example, it is decided that the organization never had the right to obtain that data, then it probably didn't have the right to sell it either. And if it didn't have the right to sell that data, theoretically, anybody it sold the data to could have issues and will likely want their money back. So it could be it could be pretty difficult and there could be some pretty difficult discussions with advertisers for example if that data has been used for monetary advantage and the whole system is reversed by a regulator's order of course we'll expect any order like that to be appealed there's a track record of big technology companies like amazon like google like meta appealing orders that are made against them so we won't get any certainty in the next uh, couple of weeks but i think uh, we can expect certainly by the fourth of july we'll have had fireworks over here jonathan unfortunately we are near the end of our time for this episode but i wanted to thank you and i look forward to seeing what we can yes indeed absolutely thanks again tom this is tom fox again thanks so much for listening to this episode of life with gdpr If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. We've linked to the quarterly compliance article that this podcast is based on. So if you'd like more information, check out the article or contact Jonathan directly. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This is Tom Fox. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. In 2023, if you've ever considered starting your own podcast or would like some advice on the production or posting of your podcast, I hope you will consider utilizing the Compliance Podcast Network, the only podcast network dedicated to compliance. If you'd like more information on the Compliance Podcast Network, you can contact me via email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of Life with GDPR has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.